Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. Today I am joined by Johnny from the North Bank, Old Man Trev and Big Steve. We'll be looking back at that awful defeat uh, to Wren in the Europe League and looking ahead to the Man United game, the Guna debate and much, much more. You can check us out on gunsandyellowribbons.com. Um, remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. What, what can we say about Emery? He's done everything right, hasn't he? An Arsenal podcast. On the day, I thought he was one of the best three players on the pitch. By Arsenal fans. <laughs> Look at him. He's ready to rumble at any moment for Arsenal fans. We need a top-class centre-half. We don't need someone's cast-off. This is your Arsenal podcast. He's never going to be a superstar, but he gives 100%. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Strangely Go enough, on. I'm not going to tell my wife when this podcast goes live for some reason. I am joking. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Well, good afternoon, boys. Um, Fergus here. Um, we have, as I said in the intro, we've got Johnny, um, we've got Trev, and we've got Steve. Um, how are we doing, boys? Johnny, you had a fucking nightmare, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You've just got back from France. My flight was heavily delayed. Uh, they had to send another plane out from Gatwick, and I didn't get home until nearly... Half past three, quarter to four this morning. Flippin' heck. Um, Did you manage to have a listen to our impromptu North London uh, Derby um, post-North London Derby podcast? Oh, you mean when you were (laughs) shit-faced? That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did, yeah. I was fucked. I was absolutely fucked. but I think you'll find I am of the opinion that when you're pissed, it means that it's more fun for everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, why? What do you mean by that one? Well, I think if you if you remember, we recorded one earlier in the season when you was a bit pissed. Yes. Not as, not as pissed as last week. No. But, <laughs> but I said, no, 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 let's do it. It makes it more fun for everybody. And it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing my best now. I'm just hoping a beer. Um, so to try and get in the groove and get in the mood. So cheers, Trev. You've um, you've got a quiz you're gonna uh, do. Is that is that right? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, if you want me to, uh, Fergus. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I've got. Uh, I, I, I'm a big collector of programs. I've got uh, thousands of them for over the years, and I've got quite a few 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 that I've got two or three of. And uh, I just suggested to you that maybe we could have a bit of a quiz and. Uh, the first person to pop the uh, correct answer can have, a, have an old programme. I've got one today from the 1972-73 season. I think it's Arsenal v Manchester City. Happy to give it away for a prize if anybody wants to uh, wants to enter a competition. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds a good idea. Do you have a question? Yeah, how about... I've been thinking, how about let's, let's start it off with... The great Arsenal manager from the from the nineteen thirties, uh, Mr. Herbert Chapman, a man that started the Sir really Herbert started, Chapman, please. Sir, sir, excuse me, Sir Herbert Chapman. Um, in his playing career, he played for uh, for one London club, and I just wondered, does anyone know who that London club was? 
So what we'd like you to do with that is either answer us via Twitter at Guns and Ribbons or on our Facebook page. Uh, you can contact us on the Facebook page, which is at Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Um, or you can, um, yeah, that's probably the, the best two ways. I'll put a comment maybe in um, the SoundCloud thread of this one. And what we'll do is we'll get all the uh, correct answers um, and we'll draw one randomly out of the hat and we'll put a message up on Twitter and, and Facebook to let you know who's won and we'll get that in the post to you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to post that out to the to the winner. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, fine. Steve, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just, yeah, just sort of in that sort of real flat phase of, of being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, I, I, I'm strangely looking forward to the game tomorrow, even though I'm, not expecting anything, um, and yeah, just sort of bringing on, bring on Thursday, Thursday evening. So yeah, oh, and I'm out gigging tonight, so that should be good. Obviously, I'm waiting for the rugby a bit later on this afternoon. Uh, we don't talk, we don't do over ball <laughs> on here. Uh, Trev, you missed the North London derby uh, conversation. Um, what did you make of the performance? Just a quick, probably two or three minutes on that. Yeah. Well, t- to be honest with you, Fergus, I thought we did all right. There was there was much conversation about uh, Emery's team selection, wasn't there? But it turned out, in my view, to be correct. Uh, I was a bit shocked that he left Torreira and Kolasinac on the bench because I just thought that that kind of snappy physical player might have been what we needed at Wembley. But uh, we were unlucky on the day, weren't we? I, you know, um, I didn't think I'd ever hear myself saying this, but uh, I think... Probably it was our, I'm not saying they're bad players, but on this one occasion, I think Lacquer and Alba let us down. You know, Lacquer had two chances that he should have taken on another day. He'd buried those with his eyes closed. And then the penalty. And do you know what, boys? It was funny with a penalty because I know I couldn't be sure, but I stood there with my head in my hands in Wembley. And for some reason, I just knew he weren't going to score. I knew he mm. weren't going to score. It was devastating. He didn't look yeah. confident, did he? No. Not at all. Not at all. A, a quick funny story. Um, it's I got caught right out. The, the, the ringtone on my mobile phone is good old Arsenal. And it's loud. Good old Arsenal. And I'm on the tube. Full of full of Spurs fans between Finchley Road and Wembley Park. And they're all talking about how good they are and how rubbish Arsenal are. And I'm stood there thinking, you mugs. You know, you've, none of you on this train have ever seen Tottenham win anything. And what happens... Um, and it's packed. My missus decides she's going to ring me. So I'm there in the middle of them and suddenly you hear, good old Arsenal. I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> was that but, because she was pissed at a party somewhere and she needed help? Uh, no, she was actually sober on that occasion. It was. It was uh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that was a bit of a curveball. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, you threw me a little bit there. Yeah, she's upstairs now, actually. She just, she's been looking for an excuse to go back to bed this morning. And when I said I was recording downstairs, and uh, she said, oh, well, I'm just going to go and lay down for five minutes. See, we did you a favour, Donna. Yeah, you, you have done her a favour as well, yeah. But oh, going back to North London Derby, overall, before the game, I think we'd have all took a, a, a point. The end of the game felt like a loss, felt like a massive massive loss um but mm. onwards we go missed opportunity 
Yeah, it is. But but when Johnny, when their fans are celebrating a draw like that, you, that you know they think they've been they've they've. Oh, they love celebrating a draw against us, don't they? E- yeah. Even though we we won the league with a draw at their yeah. place. So, and just just <coughs> rem- one thing before we before Fergus wants to move us on, just remember what everyone was saying after the game against Tottenham, right? Forget about what's happened since, but after the game against Tottenham, everybody that I knew was saying how brilliant Emery's selection had been, how they thought he'd got it wrong, but we have to trust in him because he's proven he can pick a side for a game. Yeah, yeah. Tactically, he done he done well in that game. Can't you guys, uh, both Johnny and yourself, um, both travelled out to to um, Rens, didn't you? Ren, Ren, Rens, yeah, Rens. Um, how was it? What was the atmosphere out like there? What, what was this, the city like? You know, how, how was it? Give us a, a quick rundown of like you know pre-match and the build-up and everything else. Well, I have Go to on, say, Johnny. from my point of view, I, I think um, Trev will agree that is a proper football stadium. The atmosphere in there was absolutely jumping, and you, you, it's it's quite steep and the. Seats are quite close to the, the the pitch, and they know how to create an atmosphere in that place. It, it was it was quite intimidating, I think. It was a great atmosphere, I thought, Johnny. It was. Uh, mm. oh, oh, we got there the day before you, didn't we? So we had a little yeah. bit more of an opportunity to see the city. Beautiful city, beautiful city. Made welcome. Um, before the game, uh, we didn't realise just what. Just what, how much of a Wren's Ultras or Fans pub that was we were in, did we, John? Yeah, well, it was the one almost directly opposite the club shop. Um, so it was about as close as a, as a pub could be to a ground. So I think we, if we would have stuck, sat back and thought about it, um, we would have realised there was going to be ram full well, of Wren's the away, fans. The away pub for Arsenal is the Drayton, uh, for, at the Arsenal uh, for away fans is the Drayton Arms, and that's right, by the way. By the uh, bridge with the big arsenal on it. Well, it's it's much closer than that. Oh, it's, is it? You, you know where the Chapman's tea stall is uh, next to the next to the, uh, the Emirates. Yeah. Well, that's how close it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and and Johnny, I don't know if, if anyone's seen it, but uh, Johnny from the food bank put a clip of of that same pub after the game. Uh, and it was just manic with people. They actually had all-night party in Wrens after the game. That Those people couldn't believe they'd pulled off that win. It's the biggest win they've ever had in their history of playing in European football. And they partied all night long. They partied hearty. It was like you saying before the game, um, we were the only, the second English team to come to Wren after Aston Villa. And as you say, they don't count. Um and it was li- literally the massive, massive game for them. And, jeez, um, they were up for it. And you know what? They had, they didn't have 12 men. They had at least 13 or 14 men with the atmosphere they had in there. It was a- absolutely, you could see that the atmosphere was carrying their team on. And uh, I'm sure we'll get to it, but we didn't exactly uh, help ourselves. We will help them with the, the performance. Well, looking at the game, so ahead of this fixture, Rennes were uh, tenth. Uh, that will be the tenth different team, uh, French team that Arsenal fans faced in European competitions. With the Gunners defeating all nine French sides they previously met, uh, the last defeat suffered in France in a competitive game was two thousand and six in the Champions League final against Barcelona. 
Um, so, you know, France was a happy hunting ground in the main for us. Um, with the lineups, we look, if you look at the lineups, uh, Lacazette was banned. So we took Inquetier. In hindsight, um, just on that sort of thing of the lineup, um, Ozil started, uh, Aubameyang started, who, after the penalty, which you talked about a few minutes ago, and he's, he's looked off form for about three or four weeks. Would you have started in Ketia on that game? I, I, I said uh, at half-time he should have come on. Personally, I would have started him. Uh, I know a lot of people say that, it, oh, you've been, uh, you know, looking back on the things, that saying he should have started. But I, I think uh, Bamiang, Trev said as well, we're getting a bit worried about his form and his, his confidence. So it wouldn't have done him any harm to sit on the bench and be reminded what, Real hunger looks like from the youngers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we made the right choice in in starting him, but I, I, just, I don't know. I, I think, as you say, the, the form's been off for a little while, and I think what didn't help in in the game on Thursday was how often he was going going wide on the right. And that left so much empty space through the middle. Ozil wasn't pushing forward. Mikatarian was sort of, you know, tracking back but coming forward. Uh, he, you know, he was just doing his sort of normal floating game. But the amount of times that Aubameyang was caught out on the right and then had nowhere to go inside, I don't think that helped. And I think that comes down to Mustafi playing at right back and the fact that there's no natural width. So Aubameyang is using his pace to try and, you know, try and make that width, and it's just not, it's just not happening. Yeah, we'll get into that that the right hand side and and Sar and oh. and so on. <laughs> Jesus, um, mm. Peter Czech returned to the what's the how do you pronounce it? Is the Razon? Is it Razon Park? Uh, Not a clue. Don't know. Yeah, well, they returned to the, the stadium um, after fourteen years, two hundred and twenty eight days after making his last appearance there as the as a Rens player in two thousand May two thousand and four, and we mentioned Sar. Uh, has been directly involved in five Europa League, go- Europa League goals this season, more than any other player in his team. The first half, Arsenal arrived at Raison Park, uh, uh, having never lost an away game in fr- to French opposition, as we said earlier. For large parts of the first half, uh, they looked like uh, they, um, they they looked they looked like they were um, strong and they remained intact, uh, and they took an early lead, three minutes, courtesy of an Awobi cross that turned out to be a shot uh, we controlled possession Torreira had an excellent effort as did Aubameyang he had a shot which was superbly saved by the Rennes keeper Thomas Kubek uh, we uh, what we uh, proved to be the architects of our own downfall in an 86 second spell uh, having been booked for a foul on Ben Arthur. Socrates pulled Sar's shirt, or he pulled his arm to earn his second yellow card, shifting the momentum in the game and the hosts into the host favours. Minutes later, the hosts were um, equal with a screamer from um, uh, is it Borigo? Uh, it's his first ever Europe, uh, Euro, Euro, European goal. Jesus, get my teeth in. Uh, it was half time, one one. I suppose we'll. St- Pause where we are in the game there, and we'll talk about the first half because that's probably the most controversial bit where we're talking about, you know, Arsenal were in control of that game. And personally, I thought that the um, the referee didn't have a huge amount of control, but I'm not blaming the referee entirely uh, over this. But the French, uh, the the Rennes team, 
they were they were gone down like a sack of shit on absolutely mm. everything. everything absolutely everything absolutely everything and and the second yellow card i think the first yellow card was more a totting up thing for socrates and the foul that it was i i, I struggled to find a replay of it but i i do recall it um uh, socrates it, it wasn't it wasn't really that much of anything and he got a yellow card more on totting up and then the second yellow card um, was when you see it in real time of where the referee is and the way uh, the, the the French player went down, you can see, oh shit, he's pulled him back. But when you actually see the, the, the replay and it, it slowed down, you can see Socrates tries to get hold of him, uh, lets go of his arm, or doesn't, well, actually never grabs hold of his arm properly in the first place. And I, 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 I think it's Saar. Um, it was he Saar. Just, he, he just wraps his arm round. Um, uh, Socrates and drops to the floor, and the referee says, "You left me no option." Yeah, I, I mean, I, I said it on the night. I said it, you know, I, I watched it back earlier on. For me, I mean, the, the first one he sort of slipped going into the challenge, and you know, but f- fair enough, you know, he took the man out, gets a yellow. Second yellow, in my opinion, was never a yellow. Like you, the the first contact was Sar getting round Socrates and put his arm straight in front of him. They've tangled arms. Socrates has pulled away, as you said, and then Saar flings himself to the ground. Like if if there was if there was more to it, and there was you know big shirt pulling and everything else, then fair enough. You say take the yellow, but normally that's a professional foul. First yellow. In this in this situation, I I, I think I think the ref got it wrong. But you know, nimble Saar up against Socrates has already had a couple of you know couple of sort of monstrous challenges and sort of throwing his weight around as he does i think the ref the ref just uh, and as well the atmosphere the fans all in his ear i, th- I think yeah he was always going to go against us well to be honest I, I, I don't really think the ref the, the fans weren't as lively then because we when we scored in the third minute it really knocked the shit out of them it really knocked the stuff out of them but how did you guys find it in the stadium oh, the, the atmosphere we, in the stadium. Uh, uh, sorry john go on go on go, go on Trif. Well, I, it, of all the away games I've been to, that uh, it was right up there, the atmosphere those fans created, particularly, as you just mentioned, Fergus, when they scored their equalising goal. That set them off, and they just basically didn't stop the rest of the night. Um, and, and with fans like that, that, that there, there's those players just go up. At the, you saw their confidence lift during the... During the course of the game, I thought you saw their confidence lift, and and they, they just seem to play better and better, and and it, and it, it sums it up really. Check had an half decent game; he had some saves to make, you know. So they were right in it after the first twenty minutes. Um, just just going back to the Socrates thing, right? I've not seen the second foul on television, but I in the ground, I just thought to myself. Could Socrates have just thought, hang on, I've been booked, I'm just going to back off a little bit here, or was that bloke completely through on goal if Socrates didn't do He would that, have been you know? through on goal. Because it's just, Socrates was niggling before he got his first booking. I was watching him with a ref, he was niggling with a ref, and I was thinking to myself, you play on the edge, Socrates, and we wouldn't want you any other way, pal. You're a superstar in my eyes. But just be careful here, and... Uh, and it proved the, the case because he, he was gone, wasn't he? You know, and after he was gone, what, the whole team went. It was like uh, mm. well, that's that's a, that, earlier sorry, in the John. season. Earlier in the season, he went off injured. If you remember rightly, it was a be, it was a big game, and it, it's kind of it's escaping me which game it was. I think it might have been the Liverpool game. 
where we was we was holding our own, holding our own, and we was doing all right. And then he went off injured, and then you saw the heads drop. Same thing happened on Thursday when he went off. You could see the heads drop, and more so because it was a sending off as opposed to an injury. It's a, it's a double whammy. They're thinking, oh fuck, he's off, right? And he's our organizer at the back. So what the fuck are we going to do now? That's mm. what it looked like to me. Yeah, like like you said, um, Trev, niggling and niggling. That's where I think the first yellow came from. The first yellow came from like a totting up of like just chipping away, chipping away, and yeah. making those slightly over the top, over the top, or slightly you know dubious tackles, which aren't quite fouls, but aren't quite you know cards. And I think he'd done three or four of them, and, and the, the first one came from there. But yeah, John, you're you're, you're spot on. The, the lack of leadership the, the, in the second half, which we'll get onto in a second, um, there was no leaders on that pitch. Um, I was sitting in the pub with Stuart Bowes, uh, one of the guys from Arsenal Fans Forum, and we we're watching the game. And when we went down to uh, 10 men, we turned around and said, well, Abamyang and Ozil don't even look like they're playing. I've since watched the highlights, and you can see they do have some interaction in the game, but not a huge amount. It was like playing with, I don't know, eight men eight or men nine men. Ozil was awful, I thought. Um, I mean, there was one chance that Aubameyang had and he got called offside wrongly. Um, and he had a nice run through the middle. And I can't remember who put the ball, th- who put him through, whether it was Mkhitaryan or Ozil. Um, but apart from that, he did nothing. Um, I sh- yeah, the, the Aubameyang was non-existent. Ozil was non-existent. And then when Socrates went off, I think we invited the pressure on and... No one, no one stood up. None of our creative players stood up. It's, we get, yeah, it's just when we get into the second half. The second half is a totally different game. Uh, Rens continuously applied pressure, particularly on the on the right, which we touched on before, uh, with Saar, who roasted Nacho Monreal on several occasions. The defence looked sloppy, uh, but we conceded our second goal uh, from a play that started with a dreadful weak pass from Shaka in the box, which eventually found its way back into the back of the net off the arse of Nacho Monreal. The third goal um, from Rain came from a counter-attack. Uh, Saar headed up the pitch um, and headed it, and put a pass check. Uh, but if you look back at that, um, where uh, where was Ramsey? You know, Ramsey was there. He was the one sprinting up from more or less the cor- our corner flag right up to almost catching Saar, while Guendouzi and Torreira were like strolling halfway up the pitch again. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but it, it, like Tom. Uh, sorry, Dave Roadcastle, uh, da- David Roadcastle, aka Tom, um, had a couple of couple of questions in and around that sort of thing. Says, "What did we think of putting Mkhitaryan on the right?" Um, uh, and um, you know, uh, is Monreal passes best? Uh, Trev, do you want to come back on the on, on the second half first? Yeah, we we, we were poor in the second half when we, and you've mentioned Ozil. Uh, uh, Ozil, he lulled me into a full sense of security last week when he had a de- half-decent game. This week, he's just gone again, just disappeared off the face of the earth in that game. I was very disappointed. Although he did have a good chance to score the keeper save, didn't he? Yeah, um, he fluffed his lines. He tried to do his little dig-out thing and it didn't come off. When he should yeah. just smashed it. Yeah. And then uh, we, we mentioned Aubameyang as well. The, the boy's having a bad run at the minute, but it's his first season... You know, I'm, I'm going to stick... Well, you well know second, me, really. He was here I'll, since January. 
He's been here over a year. Has he? Yes. Because yeah. he came in January. He yeah, came okay. Right at the end of January, so he's been here over a year. Yeah, okay then. All right, I'll take it. But but I'm still I'm still sticking with him. Well, I, you know me, I won't really get stuck into any of the players because I just can't do that. But he, he has worried except me the Ozil. last few except weeks. Except Ozil and Mustafi. Well, Ozil, I can't. Ozil just baffles me. He frustrates me. More rather than anger me, he frustrates me because I know he can do it, and then he just goes disappearing. Don't start me off with Mustafi because I might break my golden rule because that foul Mustafi made at Tottenham, there was absolutely no need for that. I was furious with the man that day because we we defended... I'm, I'm drifting back to Tottenham 10 seconds. We defended so well against Tottenham, right? We'd learned our lesson about them going to ground and we'd been sitting off them a bit, not giving them an opportunity to dive in a box and then Mustafi does that. Ooh. Hmm. But going back to this week, um, yeah, and the team selection... What when he moved Mkhitaryan to right back? What what other options did he have? To be honest, you could know, have gone to a back I, three. It, it, yeah, he could. But did he did he type a goal to a back three? Mkhitaryan stayed stayed back quite a lot, so I don't I don't think he did. I'll tell you what I'd have done. I'd have done. I mean, I, I I trust Emery, so you know. But my view is that when we went down to the to the ten men with a one 0 lead. We should have stuck Enketia on the young lad that's full of energy up front and said to him, you're up there on your own the rest of the game, son. Do what mm. you can. Run your socks off. We're sitting deep and we're going to protect a one niller. That's where I would have headed, you know? I, yeah, um, I mean, I would have I would have liked to have seen uh, Awobi stay on. Um, I would have liked... I mean, I, I, whenever he's... He's, you know, whenever we've got a cup game or a European game, I always, you know, mention Neketeer and Willock and it'd be good to see them at some point. Um... But I can't. I can't believe when he took Abamyang off that Nekatia didn't come on. I thought Kalasinac could have come on much earlier. Um, as I say, I would have kept. You know, essentially played like a three-four-one-one. Uh, so if you, you know, if you're taking Özil off, put Ramsey in behind whoever's up top. Playing with no striker for the last twenty minutes was was mad because yes, we're sitting. You, you it know, was sitting idiotic, back. is what it was. It yeah, was idiotic. Uh, you know, yes, we're sitting back and we're trying to protect, but. You know, if we're on a counter attack, then we've got no one. And yeah, you can say, look at Ramsey last week and well taken goal and everything else. But a goal like that, even even for a striker, comes so rarely to have that much space and get put through so easily. So, yeah, I mean, the changes were wrong. I don't think we should have stuck with a four. I think, you know, keep Monreal, have Mustafi as a centre back, and, you know, because Shelney play that three. Bring on had been turned by this Barcelona talk. Barcelona talk? I, I haven't seen... No, it's a lot of old bullshit. Yeah, I mean, what, are Barcelona supposedly in in for him? Uh, there's talk of him being um, a target in the summer as a backup uh, at Barcelona. Uh, what do they need? Of... A, a backup uh, mascot? <laughs> has, has he still got a year to run his contract, Monreal, or is he up this summer? Up it's up summer. in the summer. We've got six finishing in the summer, and he's one of them, including Czech, Welbeck, uh, Ramsey, um, unfortunately not Ozil. <laughs> yeah. I would, I, I mean, I, I, I'd still keep Monreal. I think he so can you, still do a job, but yeah. we need a, we need a top level left back, and Kolasinac is too much of an attacking. We've already got over this so many times. Mm. He's yeah, too attacking to 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 call him a, a proper left back. It's, so 
It's a shame because if we had a proper defence coach, you know, a player like Kolasinac, there is no reason why he couldn't become a decent left back. You know, you look at you look at other clubs. You look at you know Man City and Man United, for instance. You've got players like Fabian Delph, uh, Ashley Young, Valencia. You know, turned into a, a very good right back. You've got these players that are, are very attacking and you know used to track back when they were playing forward. And now, you know, now they're they're decent defenders. And, you you know, again, it comes down to that whole question is what does Steve Bold actually do? I, I, don't, necessarily, I don't necessarily degree, agree that Monreal's suddenly gone that bad. Oh, no, no, I he don't. Had a, he had a bad game. I don't think he's had a bad season at all. I like the lad, actually. Um, he, he, he was a bit off the other night, you know. He'll probably have a good game against Man U, let's hope, and uh, we'll move on and... Mm. He's played better as a left-sided centre-half than he has a left-back this season. Mm. And I mean, he did the other season when we when, when Arson switched to a switched, switched to a three and was playing him as a as a centre-back. I think that, you know, defensively he's, he's usually quite sound, you know, and, and against against Spurs, he, I think he had a had a decent game on rail. Um, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, just you know, I, I wouldn't say he's he's past it. I would I would like to see him extend his contract. I'd still like to see Welbeck stay. Um, but that's not happening. He's he's already. Yeah, I know, top I, I know, I know. But um, but yeah, I think Kalasnach could be could be a, a, a decent left back. But I think we, you know, as as Johnny said, we still need a top level top level left back and but right back. Ba- I back think on the game, right guys. What what did you make of uh, like okay, we're losing Rambo, but what did you make of for that third goal? Um like the, first of all, the, the second goal, Shaka uh what was he doing? He he just gave that shitty pass back in the box and and the ball then went loose and it ping-ponged around outside the area and they went to put it in a cross and the defense just looked sloppy and sleepy and it came off the arse of Nacho and it's all down to having a, a no organizer at the back. Koscielny is not an organizer at the back. Mustafi is not an organizer at the back, and Monreal is not an organizer at the back. Yeah, so Koscielny doesn't talk to anybody. That's his problem. Exactly. So Socrates is our main organizer at the back. People play better when they're playing with him. You know, Koscielny has played really well next to him. They've looked like a uh, you know, developing a really good partnership there. I just wish that Koscielny was uh, two or three years younger. But, but we've got Holding, and Holding could be good along. Holding and Socrates could. Holding well and Socrates together. had a good partnership with, you know, towards the beginning of the season before he got injured. So I think they'll be the backbone next year. I, yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. Socrates Holding. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm writing an article at the moment for the website. Uh, very rare. Uh, about the development of um, the the false centre half that uh, Guardiola is pushing with Fernandinho, and I think that Chambers could do that for us probably in the in, mm. in the coming seasons. But obviously, people will have to stay tuned to the website to read my opinions on that. Gumsandyellowribbons.com. Yeah. The third goal. Then what do we as a counter attack uh, on that right hand side where we were getting roasted? Um, did anybody notice that? Guendouzi and Torreira just didn't look like that. A hurry-up bo- uh, bone in the body, and Ramsey has just steamed through the the centre of the midfield to try and defend. Mm. You can't knock. Ever since we knew Ramsey was going, nobody can knock his commitment 
and he's uh, and it, it, the performances he's been putting in. Not once can you say that he hasn't given a hundred percent, but you can say that other people in that started on Thursday have on regular basis not given their all for the for the cause. I can't can't argue with a word you said there, Johnny. Um, anybody have a man of the match from the Arsenal side? No, they're no. all shit. Check if anybody. Czech actually didn't have a bad game. I thought he had a good game. Yeah, Pulled us some, he, sa- he saved us from going 5-1 down, let alone 3-1 down. Yeah, and and I, think, I think Iwobi, Iwobi, before Iwobi. he went off, was decent. Wash your mouth out. Wash your mouth out. Who? Who? Iwobi. Before he went off, I, th- I thought I thought he was he was getting into space. He was trying to put some balls in. He was trying to create. There was a couple of times he put, put a good ball in the box. There was one, Torreira... Torreira was running onto it and completely overran the ball, hooked it to, I think, Mustafi, and Mustafi put it wide. But there was a few chances yeah, like that. Yeah, unlucky on that one. Yeah, there was a few chances like that where Iwobi was in the space. He managed to get past their, their right back and get a ball in, which often he doesn't. He does that. Stu- and I'm sorry, he went a game without losing possession doing that stupid step over, mm. <laughs> which I was pleased to see. But... I, I honestly, I think taking him off was the wrong choice, but I think Emery did it to save him for for tomorrow. So, Steve, well, are you saying Awobi is your man of the match then? Uh, I, no, I will, I will, I will, I will agree with Czech, but I think Awobi before he came off wasn't wasn't far away. I think he actually had a really good game and he was causing causing problems down that left. So that's a no then. That was the short. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I agree with Steve. Iwobi Iwobi was doing all right until he got took off, and it's funny how people can interpret one game in different ways because Johnny didn't think he was quite. No, good I think that. he shouldn't have come off personally. Oh, okay, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, agree. If you remember, if you remember, I told you and said that Abameyang should have come off because yeah. uh, yeah. uh, those those smoking chimneys, as I said on our little chat group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was up higher in the stand to Trev, and there was a bunch of uh, Stephens around me who think they're Green Street hard nuts, but they're a bunch of little sissy little bankers, all smoking in the in the stand, giving it large to the the, the French fans, uh, and they literally everybody around me was smoking it, and I don't like smoking; it, it just drives me up the wall. So I moved down, and we me and Trev were saying about how poor. Uh, it was going, and I said, "Look, Bami has to come off. He has to come off. You have to bring Inketia on." And they took Roby off, and I, t- I just didn't understand it. Yeah, while you're talking about the fans, Johnny, I mean uh, the smoking thing, I didn't see. But uh, when we went two-one down, uh, an Arsenal fan stood somewhere behind me, decided he was going to launch a Coca-Cola bottle up in the air, and it landed on a bloke next to me. And not only did it hurt him. It, it's covered in coke, and this is from one of his own fans that he's travelled all the way to France with, you know. So if I don't know, a million to one chance that bloke threw that coke bottle happens to hear this, mate, you're a cock, grade A prick. Yep, you proper Stefan. So it finished three one, uh, which made no difference on the um, on the on the prediction league because uh, all of us went for. Either 1 0 or 2 1 to the Arsenal. So the prediction league remains me in the lead. Yeah, smug match. <laughs> I was smugger on Sunday, wasn't I? That's yeah, one way yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your smug filter was, was uh, reduced by the booze, I think, after the <laughs> Spurs match. <laughs> um, Sunday, boys. We, 
we've we've got a, a question maybe about the the run in and comparing our run in to the other uh, top four uh, contenders. Um, this is our biggest game left of the season. Although I'm not underestimating some of the others like the Watfords and the Everton's and the Newcastles. Um, this Newcastle Man United game fine. is is a huge game. This is a season defining, um, especially after. Getting a point at Wembley, uh, three we should have got, but one I would have taken, as you said, uh, Trev, at the beginning of the game. Um, for me personally, my brothers are Man United fans, so it always um, it always is good if I can if I can have one over on them too. Um, so Manchester United uh, last who visit the Emirates in the league and the cup have ended three uh, one to them. Uh, they've won. The last time they won three consecutive games of the Gunners was in 1983 and 1985. Um, this will be the 200th, 200th league game um, between these two sides. Arsenal unbeaten in their last 14 league, league games at home, winning 12 and drawing two, and winning the last eight. Arsenal have earned 38 points in the league at home this season, a tally exceeded only by Manchester City on 42. We look at the lineups. Torreira won't be available because he's on a three-match ban after losing his appeal to that red card, which I thought was fucking harsh. Um, Lacazette returns after missing Thursday's night's game because he was banned from that. Um, if Koscielny starts, it'll be his 250th Premier League game for Arsenal. And likewise for Chris Smalling, it'll be his 200th Premier League game. What are we thinking? What we, you know... Go on, Trev, you go first. Well, for me, Fergus, it all depends on what Arsenal team turns up, doesn't it? If the team turns up as they played against Tottenham, we're right in it. We're we're quite capable of turning Man United over, guaranteed. But if the team that played on Thursday night turns up, we're in massive trouble, aren't we? Massive, massive trouble. Um, I think Torreira is going to be a loss to us. Uh, you said just said about he's 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 sending off uh, Fergus. I don't argue whether it's of sending off or not. It's the consistency of the refereeing in that game that done me because there were fouls similar or worse that didn't get punished. Going back to the Man United game, I think that like the stamp on on Leno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't he play Disgusting. well? What a save, Leno! Best save I've seen in about ten years. Let that save from Leno. Not yeah. seen a better save in about ten years, me. But but coming back to this Sunday, I think we're going to turn up. I'm hoping that Emery has got them in the changing room after Thursday and given the biggest dressing round it down ever, and they're going to come out on Sunday, prove to the fans that we can actually play, and we're going to nick a win, a little win. I've just got this feeling. Johnny, who's our key players in the game? If you if you remember rightly, after the Tottenham game, we we not long had uh, Liverpool. And we said about uh, the same thing what Trev just said. It depends on what team turns up, depending on how it's going to go. So we know how that went. I think our key our key players is going to be Lacazette, in my opinion, and soccer, the back the back players. Whether we play a, a, a I don't know a pair at the back or three at the back, that's going to be massive. I think we'll, he'll probably switch. To go back to a, a, a four at the back and have Mustafi out on the right again, which so our key player is going to be how Mustafi plays. If he plays well and is anonymous, do we have a chance? If he does another Mustafi, then uh, we're going to be fucked. And we should have Socrates and um, Koscielny. 
hopefully yeah. in, the, in the center. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. And Monreal, if we play the same team that we played against Tottenham, I think we won't go far wrong. If we, maybe if, maybe swap out Ozil for Ramsey, in my opinion. If we play a three at the back, we I, I'd definitely like to see Koscielny, Socrates and Monreal in before Mustafi. In um, uh, yeah, and Maitland-Niles. Maitland-Niles as a right wing back would be good. With well, Kalasnach on the other side. Maitland-Niles? Why yeah. Maitland-Niles? Because I don't think that Mustafi can play right wing back. Who, who yeah. else are you going to get there? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure about Maitland Niles. Important for me is I'd like to see. Why can't we put Jenko out there? I don't. I wouldn't in this game. He's not. But he's not. But a foot wrong on the games he's played this season. Uh, yeah, I know. But you know me. I, I I like Jenko. I was singing Jenko is a gooner in the North Bank uh, in the last home game, but it doesn't change the fact I don't think he's good enough to play against Man United at right wing back. I th- I, th- I think yeah Jenkinson will lack in in this sort of attacking sense, which is why I think Maitland Niles could do a job there if we're playing a back three. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tri- I, I, I don't want to see Mustafi as a as a right back or a right wing back because he doesn't don't have anything. See him on the bench. Forward. I don't even want to see him on the bench, Steve. They're, they're going to have Lukaku and um, Rashford. And Martial is going to be fit. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Martial just comes, you know, stays on the bench. Um, Rashford has been probably the best English striker in the league this season. Um, you know, everyone talks about that dippy twat down the lane. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean Rashford, Rashford, Rashford is going to cause all sorts of problems. Lukaku has hit some really good form in recent weeks. Um, oh, oh, it's just I'm a... dreading it personally. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to say it, and we don't want to say that uh, we think we're going to lose, right? Nobody wants to say that. But after Thursday, I, I mean, I've said to you boys, I'm serious considering whether or not I actually want to put myself through it on Sunday. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't, Mister Fucking Eggball, but uh, <laughs> some, some of us are, don't have uh, divided loyalties. I, oh, I don't have divided loyalty at all, <laughs> at all. No, but sit on a serious note, I, I, I'm seriously considering whether or not I actually want to go or not. Well, I mean, you've you've got your ticket, haven't you? You got your. I've got yeah, I've got my season ticket. I mean, it, if an hour before the game it turns out that we've got a shit lineup or. Someone gets injured before then. I think it's just yeah, hiding to nowhere. Yeah, I think if I mean for 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 me, like obviously, if if money wasn't an issue, and I was thinking, oh, should I go up tomorrow? Because of the sort of game it is, I probably wouldn't. So I completely feel you there. But I, you know, it's like if you, you know, what say, are you two talking about? You're going to see Arsenal versus Manchester United. You fucking turn up. You support your, your your team. Need your we talk about the twelfth man in Ren. We talk about the twelfth man in fucking Norwich and shit like that. You know, these are the games that they need our support. This is one of our biggest games of the season. These are one of our historic biggest biggest rivals. This feels like it used to feel before that game. That's it's that important. Yes. I don't feel 100% confident going into the game. But fuck me, it's Arsenal Man United. 
I don't think we'll get the same um, atmosphere like we did with the Spurs game, for example. When we had Spurs at home, that was it, an it, electric it, it, it feeling. It does depend. I think we will get to start off with, and if we can get an early goal, then I think the the roof will lift off the place. I honestly do. If they get an early goal, well, then you're going to have the moaners and the naysayers uh, starting to... Uh, you can already see them on social media. They start coming along, oh, I don't know what Emery's this and he's that and he's the other. There, there's already bitch fighting going on among our new modern fans. But, you know, no, fuck it, get behind your team. Johnny, I, I I understand, like... Sorry, I know you come in a second, a second Trev. Uh, I understand what you mean. You've done okay, five, six hundred quid... Uh, all the way over and see them not really turn up in the second half against Wren. Uh, you, you've gone and saw them get beat at Batibasaroff, Jonah. Um, and, you know, it is starting to... It wears starting away to the morale. Bit. It does yeah. wear away the morale, Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I'm one of those that turns out, whether it's rain or snow or whatever... This is the first time I've wavered. I've said, well, I can go, but do I want to? That's the first time in the last few years. It just, just, it's wore me away the, the, the up and down of it this season. Um, we're not used to. It. We're used yeah. to consistency. At least we were consistently going down on a, on a gradual decline. On this season, it's up and down so much. It's, it's, it's given me a heart condition. I think, I think that's it, that's the nature of transition and change of manager change of tactic change of style um half these players uh, i think i posted on arsenal fans forum that and and maybe on guns and yellow ribbons as well the six players that are out of contract at the end of the season we'll probably lose two or three we'll bring back um probably willock uh nelson and smith Rowe. we'll put them back into the squad and we might buy two or three um more experienced players and it's all about the next couple of transfer windows of where we're going. But at the moment, you know, you got to stand by them. Trev, you were going to pop in before I, I piped up. Well, it, do you know what, Fergus? It was lucky you did pipe up, mate, because I was just about to give these two young lads a bit of a telling off there. You, you go and watch your team, boys. You don't think, oh, we're, we're getting beat or it's been a bit of a, a bit of a rough run recently. I'm not going to go and support the team. One of the biggest games of the season, Manchester United at home. We all go, we all scream, we all shout, win, lose or draw. We're there to back them mm. boys, you know? You, you, you consider yourself told off, lads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what I was what I was trying to get at was, you know, I was saying, like, I, I understand Johnny's point, but the fact that, you know, he's got the season ticket, he's already got the seat guaranteed, I would then go. But as I say, for, for someone like myself, where money is a is an issue perhaps this wouldn't be the game that i'd i'd pinpoint out of out of everything and think right i'm going to go up to that one that that's that's what i was trying to say but sorry I'll, Steve. I'll take the slap you're, on you're the a wrist. lovely guy but you're chatting absolute shit <laughs> i didn't hear <laughs> no, the last I'll, I'll five the, minutes of that so I, and i agree well if you didn't hear the last <laughs> five minutes you're telling lucky us off because <laughs> i was giving you and big steve a telling off my mates we'll we'll discuss it more tomorrow Mr. Johnny from the North Bank. <laughs> uh, slightly off topic, and but on tomorrow, um, the uh, the Eaglet. Anybody know if it's open? Because there was some sad news around that, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, Trev told me about that. Yeah. I've heard it's not. I've heard it's not. Um, the latest news is it's not going to be open. It, that may have changed. I'm not sure. Um, very, very sad news because that 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 
lad that owned owned the eaglet. Um, he needed help. He, he he was obviously struggling a bit, and I think that uh, from what I've picked up, all the stories in the newspapers ridicule him has pushed him over the edge. And uh, I think just to echo what um, Trevor said, I, I have a lot of experience with uh, reaching out to to people with mental problems and having you know live with it myself unashamedly in the for like five six years it, it people should have a helping hand uh reached out to them not not ridicule it's uh it's a disgusting state of affairs i think Absolutely. there's an awful lot i think i think there's an awful lot more behind it but yes the guys hit on rough times and stuff got published in local papers and stuff like that and pushed them over the edge i um been in contact with some people who are a bit closer to the situation um and um the guy I, I don't think the guy is um 40 yet you know fuck me anyway we move on um, can i just uh, bring something up from the the the, the the fallout from the wrens game and i'm sure uh we all want to address this um when the team got to the airport at Rennes and there was the, the abuse, the abuse, the so-called fans uh, who gave them uh, a good, uh, or not even a good, uh, a, a dressing down. Um, I, I hate to say it, right? I actually agree with something that um, DT and some of the AFTV guys have, have put out. We should be telling them that uh, we're behind them. We should be geeing them up ready for tomorrow. We shouldn't be giving them uh, a dressing down and swearing at them, calling all, all of the Stephans under the sun. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's not what we're here for. You know, yes, we're disappointed. Yes, I, I mean, I, I was absolutely apoplectic after that game. I was seething. Um but it doesn't change the fact that if I was in that situation, I'll be, I would, would have been telling them, "God, don't worry, boys. You can, you can pick this up. You, you're better than this. You can do Johnny, better." Johnny, just, Johnny, uh, Johnny, 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 wait a second. I, stop a second. I'm just trying to catch up. I'm just googling epileptic. And it, what, what is, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Do you not agree then, Trev, that we should be yeah. G trying to GM up for Sunday? It, it, uh, of course, yeah, I, I'm with you all the way. It's, you shouldn't talk to the players like that. You can think that about them, and uh, and, and definitely, but it ain't going to make them play any better on Sunday, is it? No, and, uh, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can see that someone as good as Aubameyang, and we all know Aubameyang is or has been one of the best strikers in Europe. You can see his head's dropped. Do you really? Does anybody really think having a go at him and telling him he's shit and this, that, and the other is actually going to help him at all? No, it's not. It just did, makes you. Did it work in Stoke? What do you mean? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah at the, the train station. No, I don't think it did. Just, just one point on that, Johnny boy. I, I don't agree with what those fans did, but what I do, what I do remember is how angry. You, me, and our mate Terry was after that game when we were walking down the street. Yeah, we were fuming, weren't yeah, we? we? I mean, were. we were bubbling, absolutely fuming. And if we'd have bumped into the players at that very, very moment, or within the next hour after, 
how would we have reacted? I'm not saying we'd have done the same, but I don't think I'd have clapped and cheered them, to be honest. You wouldn't you have know? booed them, though. I, I, I probably would have, would have uh, yelled uh, positive things in a negative way. <laughs> <laughs> the tone would not have been uber happy clappy. But it would have been. Yeah, you probably shared something like, you know, remember, remember who you play for. You know, you need to respect, respect the team, respect yourselves, or something like. That. I don't know. There'd be a few fucks and everything else in there yeah. as well, I'm sure. But I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't think it's anything positive. And you know, a lot of the guys who travel, a lot of them are old school as well. It's not this. Yeah, there are some younger lads, but they are of an old school sort of, uh, sort of view. They're not like. 90% of the people who are on, you know, fans for, not fans forum, any, any, any of the Facebook, Twitter sort of generation sort of stuff. Yeah. They're actually people who give a fuck and they spend a lot of money traveling. So, you know, it's disappointing to see that they can't even like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's sad. It's no, sad. I, I, I agree. I, I do. Agree. I had an argument with uh, a few fans in my hotel the next morning and they're, they're, they're all going on about um, uh, the, those guys are right. They should they should be telling them all this uh, and shouting at them and stuff like that. And I'm saying to them, look, it's different to like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, when you know when they're on the pitch, you can yell at them and shout at them and stuff. When they cross that line, when they come out of the dressing room, they know what they're getting themselves in for. They know that the atmosphere is going to be hostile if they're in a bad uh, stroke of form but what they don't expect is when they're in their own at home with their social medias and all that kind of stuff they get it 24 mm. 7 if, yeah. if they if they go into a spiral and it's so easy to go into a spiral when you're in a negative frame of mind the, you you just have to open up your 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 twitter or your facebook or your instagram and see all these horrible things being said about you, and all these keyboard warriors and trolls and shit. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Johnny, we talk. We talk about. We talk about Ozil, and we say that you know he he probably has some other shit going on. He had the stuff over in Germany. He's got stuff over here, and he's getting that twenty four seven. And he's getting like they were saying, Ozil, I hope you use you, you, your back injured again. Uh, you just stay fucking injured. You're useless. And then you'll get trolls all over over that. That's not that can't be conducive to a good state of mind to be positive and exercise and want to actually go out and kick a ball and win a game for Arsenal. Yes, he'll get his 350 grand. Yes, they'll get whatever. They are professionals. And somebody said, oh, I bet the players don't give a shit. Of course the players give a shit. They are professional footballers, whether they like Arsenal or not. Look at Danny, Danny Welbeck as a perfect example. Aaron Ramsey is another example as well. Danny Welbeck, when he puts a, an Arsenal shirt on, he gives 110% for for Arsenal, um, he plays football to the best of his ability. Likewise with Aaron Ramsey, who is now a Juventus player, but playing for Arsenal until the end of the season. He still gave 110% again uh, uh, on Saturday and on, and on Thursday night. You know, these guys want to be looked upon and thought that they are the best in the world. So if they have a shit game, it badly reflects on them. Whatever it reflects on... Um, uh, the team and the fan base and everything else. As a professional, think about the job that you do, Johnny. Think about what you did, Trev, Steve. Steve, you go out for a gig. You have a shit gig. You, you 
you feel shit. Yeah. You beat yourself up about it. It, it. You know, as a professional, what you do, you want to do what you do the best you can. And for people to look upon you and say that, um, yeah, he done a good job or he's really good at that. So they do give a fuck. Mm. Just, just different to the way we do. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them, they do seem like they just come for the paycheck. No, I'm not talking just general uh, Arsenal fans. I'm talking about all all modern players. They 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 just seem to care more about the money and the lifestyle as opposed to actually putting in a prideful performance and actually giving I- a shit uh, as to how good they've played. As long as they get their pay, some of them I don't mean, give a it- shit. It does come across as that, but I mean, you know, even even then, when you sort of delve into it, you think of the the amount of hours and the amount of effort that they've put in to get to where they are. You know, even you know, like so. So let's look at someone like Özil. He he, you know, he doesn't always look like he gives a shit, uh, but he's put in a lot of effort and a lot of work to get to the point where he can be offered a three hundred fifty grand contract, or you know, he can be playing at Madrid and. You know, or someone like Sanchez, even Alexis Sanchez, the, the dog shagger. Like, I think he, you know, come from the slums, you know, worked super, super hard to then get to a point where he's on big money. I think they've got to give some sort of a shit to put that effort in to get there. Drug was a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the amount of money he put back into Africa and his home community. So. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it depends. I mean, there's definitely players out there that just do it, you know, because you know they're getting paid and and you know like would some... you on the, on the subject of big big names and big players there was rumors of Bale. would you have him at arsenal quick one-line answer trev would you have Bale at arsenal no why um well he's an ex-spurs player that's enough enough that's enough for me too yeah uh, johnny uh, I'm torn, but I'm I'm more moving towards controversially a yes, because he would make us better. I would prefer a non-Spurs history, but you know, taking uh, Spurs fans has done us all right in the past. If you, if you... Stevie boy, uh, I would take him. Yeah, I How old is because it? How old is I, he's thirty years of age, but. It, it, Forget about what wages you have to pay him. He's on a three-year contract out there. He, he, he is he is the same as um, he is the same as uh, Sanchez, same as Ozil. He's an older player on a lot of money and an, in three or four-year contract. So they're stuck where they are. They just might as well pull up a deck chair and just um, you know just just take the money, enjoy the ride. Fringpong had the chuckies. What's that? Straight swap for Ozil, Bell. If that was possible, yeah, but then we'd have to double we'd have to double Ozil's wages to pay him his six fifty. No, I think he'd have to take the drop in pay. I think Bale would have to take the drop in pay if he was to move away from Real Madrid. As simple as that. I think the only team that he would go to would be one of the Manchester sides, and I know he was heavily linked with uh, United. Even I had uh, an inkling that he was getting a car, which he ended up sending out to Madrid. Um, I was privy to a conversation saying, where are, we saying, where are we sending Gareth's car? Are we sending it to Manchester or are we sending it out to Madrid? And they went, hang fire. And they went, 
send it to Madrid. And that's when he was rumoured to be going to United before. So, hmm. Fringpong's retired at uh, 27. Yeah, old, old Dench. Yeah, I saw, saw that the other day that he'd, he'd retired and obviously, you know, come through come through the ranks at Arsenal. <laughs> Wasn't very good. Uh, went to Barnsley and God knows where he went after that. But yeah, another ex-Arsenal player retiring young. Last thing that I'm going to talk about briefly. What did you think about the VAR penalty decision with PSG versus Man United? Didn't see it personally. Oh. Awful. Uh, speechless speechless never a penalty never in a million years was that a penalty it was it was ball to hand the bloke's turning his back right and and I was listening I think it was Jermaine Jenis on the radio on 5 Live last night I don't necessarily agree with what Jermaine Jenis says um, but the only had last night if if they're going to start giving ball to hand penalties like that when, when they can't move the hand out of the way these players, these clever players, it's going to be another part of cheating in the game. They're going to start whacking the ball at players, hoping it's their hand and getting a penalty. Oh, they're doing it already, that- Trev. You can see it already. They're already trying that. Uh, and uh, they had to take the unprecedented step of actually coming out and saying, uh, actually, Wave made a statement and said there was enough of a distance there for him to be able to have moved his arm out of the way. Which I think is bullshit. Not when he's, yeah, how can you move out of the way when you're already in, yeah. turning? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Steve. Exactly. It's like you're already turning out of the way and then it's still in the way when you're not even looking. It, uh, it's bollocks, yeah. It's t- it is total yeah. bollocks. The, the speed and the power that these players can hit the ball at, it's, uh, it's not conducive to be, you being able it's, to get your per- personage hmm. out of the way. It's like when they try and, uh, you know, they're stuck down in the corner and they'll they'll just smash it against the opposition to get a corner. Like, there's no way that, you you know, you can't use your arms and, and you see that so often players will just hoof it at the opposition to get a corner, knock it out yeah. for a corner, so... But- but that's that that that's part of the game, Steve. It, it, mm. it, kick a ball against another player to get a corner or a throw. And yeah, I accept that. That's part of the game. But but if if they're going to give these handballs that like that handball that was given against PSG on was it Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah. That has that has that has cost PSG hundreds of millions of pounds. It's cost them mm. more than that. It might cost. They can afford yeah, it, but they it might cost them the backing of the uh, the Emirates that are, are owning the club because their whole thing is that they want to win the Champions League. They want to prove that they they can basically uh, buy the Champions League if they really want to. Mm. Well, should chuck some more money at us then. <laughs> come and buy, come right, and buy la- us. La- come and buy us. <laughs> last thing. Right, I've got our last nine games. Um, I just want each one of you to go win, lose, draw. So, United? Draw. Win. Lose. To be honest, wolves. Did, why Win. did you whisper that, Steve? Because <laughs> it's dirty. <laughs> You're dirty. Sorry, sorry, Fergus. W- wolves. Win. Draw. Win. Win for me. Uh, Everton. Sorry, Newcastle at home. Monday Win. Night. Win. Win. It's on April's Fool's Day, isn't it? Yeah. Win. Win. Everton away. Draw. Win. Now, we always batter Everton. Okay. Watford away. Win. 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 Draw. 
Palace at home. Win. 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 I agree, a win. Um, Leicester away. Win. Draw. Draw. Win. Um, oh, phone's just locked. Come on, face ID. Come on. <laughs> uh, Brighton at home. Win. 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 And Burnley away. Win. Draw. Win. Draw. Thank you, boys. As always, very informative, very knowledgeable, very funny, very argumentative. Not really. Um, but it's been good. Thanks for joining us. Um, a special mention to, to Scully Mike. Thanks for stepping out because we wanted to get Johnny in uh, after his long and arduous journey. I'm sure you're fucking regretting it now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bloody oh. hell, I've just got a shock of my life then. The, What's that? The Donna's normally, walked in. The normally beautiful wife has just come down the stairs with her hangover face on and walked in the room growling at me. She is now. <laughs> or rolling the eyes at me now. Do you need, a, do you need an exorcist? <laughs> she wants to shout, but she knows she can't because she's on live. No, no, no. She can shout one thing. She can you do it. Ask her. You can shout one thing. Say up the arse. No, no chance. She can't even talk. She's not She can't even talk, which is great, actually. Bit of peace. Oh, she couldn't have timed it better. Anyway, guys, up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.